Amen. Thank you so much, Lee. Yes, there's lots to be thankful for, isn't there, despite the circumstances, and we'll think about that in just a moment. But I am particularly thankful today, and we've talked about it already, for Helen and Gary, who are in the building, whose birthday it is, and Anne, who's one of our second-year students. It's Anne's birthday as well today. So, Anne, if you're watching, I hope you have a fantastic day. Today's reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent comes from Luke chapter 1. It's verses 46 to 55, and this is the song that Mary sang when she found out what was going to happen to her, and that she was going to give birth to the Son of God, to Jesus. And so I'm going to read this to us. So this is Mary's song. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the force of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and filled, lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he had made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Amen. It goes without saying that 2020 has been an awful year. And I've got to say that I think that yesterday was probably the lowest day of that year, at least for, well, for me. Millions of people up and down the nation now not able to see their families at Christmas. Unable to travel. Uh, 17 million people unable to see anybody but their um, household if they're lucky enough to live with a household in, um, in the new tier four in London and the southeast. It's awful, isn't it? If you'd have said 12 months ago that we'd be sat here... You, if for those of you that were here, think back to the Chris Dingle last year. It was absolutely packed, wasn't it? Non-socially distant, a huge band at the front, big choir, everyone singing. If you just said 12 months further on that we'd be sat here in face masks, socially distant, and that Christmas, in terms of the social aspect at least, had been cancelled, I'd have thought you were mad. And yet here we are. I imagine that for many of us yesterday was really tough. We're now, um, Ellie and I, not able to see any family at all um, over Christmas, of course. So in this year, which has been pretty awful, where is the hope? Well, what if there's a biblical character that we can look to who can teach us how to respond no matter what life throws at us? Well, there's probably many to pick from, but I think Mary is a pretty good shout. Mary has just been told that she is to give birth to the Son of God, to Jesus. Now she, like me 12 months ago, had you told me the situation that we'd found ourselves in, her first reaction was probably how, well, we know it was, how on earth can this be? How is this even going to happen? What's my fiancé going to do? 
Is he just going to leave me high and dry? Surely he's not going to believe that the Holy Spirit is the father of this child. And yet, despite what life has thrown at her, notice that in the first two verses of that reading today, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. What's her first inclination to do? It's to worship. It's to give thanks. The exercise that we've just been doing, that Lee's just been leading us in, is a great spiritual discipline for us to engage in. Just the spirit of, uh, the discipline of thanksgiving. There's always something to be thankful for. Even when life is tough, even when it's pretty difficult, there's always something to be thankful for. All of us who are sat in this room today or watching online are very privileged and fortunate. It may not always feel like that, but if you're sat in this room today, the likelihood is you're in the top 5% of the wealthiest people in the world. Millions and millions, billions of people will go hungry today. There's always something to be thankful for. But that, as I've said, doesn't negate the fact that 2020 has been awful. But we can still worship God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never, ever changes. One of the things that the pandemic has taught us, if we ever had any illusion that we were in control of our own lives or of the universe, then we were, I think the pandemic has shown us that we were very much mistaken. We're not in control. We can't even control, our government can't even control with less than five days to go what's going to happen at Christmas. And so like Mary, how comforting, how joyful, how reassuring to know that there is somebody who is in control. And that's the next thing we see in Mary's song. She sings this song of humility, doesn't she? She talks about herself being lowly, and yet she worships one that she calls mighty and holy. Now, this year has been an invitation to us in any sense. It's been an invitation for us to remember that we're not in control, that we're not God, that we're not, we're not in charge of our own destiny, but we worship one who is. And like Mary, if we can approach what life throws at us over these next few months with that same level, well, with that same humility and that same um, knowledge of who God is, it will certainly make the next few months much easier for us as God's people. Now, why is it that Mary says that God is so mighty and so holy? Well, it's because God is going to turn the world the right way round. To us, it might look like he's going to turn the world upside down. But to us, God is going to turn the world the right way round. Look at what Mary says is going to happen. God has shown strength with his arm. He scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He brings down the powerful, lifts up the lowly. And he fills the hungry with good things and the rich are sent away empty. Now, again, the pandemic has shown us that, you know, the, the, the divisions that exist in our country between the lowly and the, the mighty, the rich and the poor, even some of the social divisions in the North and the South, they were hidden underneath the surface before, but they've been very much brought out into the open. Well, what if God was going to use the period of the last few months and the church's response to begin to turn some of that stuff the right way round? 
It's been wonderful to see over the past few days a number of um, relatively high-profile people endorse the Love, Love Your Neighbor campaign that lots of churches have been involved with. One million boxes of hope have been given out across the nation by local churches. We've been involved in that here at St. Thomas's, giving out um, boxes of hope through our partners in Biker and Walker and through um, to, to families seeking asylum in the Northeast from elsewhere around the world. One million boxes of hope have got... Now, that is an amazing, good news story to share right now. Olivier Giroud, the French international footballer and the Chelsea forward, has been talking about it on his Instagram account. It was great to see the leader of the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer, talk about it as well on the news. And Boris Johnson also um, talked about it yesterday on his social media. There's something happening, and the people of God, the church, are at the forefront of it. But what if we didn't measure wealth in terms of economic prosperity or money? What if that isn't the real indicator of wealth? There's a saying by an archbishop in Serbia that went like this. There's some very poor people in the world who have nothing to give their children except money. There's some very poor people in the world who have nothing to give their children except money. There's more to life than the things that we had previously put our trust in. The very foundations of everything that we know and loved and put our security in has been shaken. And yet Jesus Christ remains. Now Mary ends her song by talking about the promise that Jesus has come and, and it was, she seems to be singing that it was always God's plan. Just as he promised to Abraham, Jesus wasn't an accident. It wasn't, Jesus was not God's plan B. It's not like he suddenly decided, oh, they're in a bit of a mess down there. I better step in and save them. God had always planned to come in the person of Jesus and enter the story of our lives. And that's why however dark it gets, however hopeless we may fear, we can always have hope because God himself has entered the story of my life and of your life. I heard it explained by my friend um, Paul Myers earlier this week, a little bit like this. Imagine that you're stuck in a room, a four-walled room, and it's completely pitch black. There's no light coming in, there's no way out, there's no door, and you're there with some friends. An optimist might think, well, I hope that there's something beyond those four walls. A realist might say, well, we'll never know until something happens. The pessimist might say, well, there's nothing there at all. There can't anything be anything beyond these four walls because we literally can't see anything. The only way you'd know if there was something out there that could make a genuine difference to your life, if something was really there or somebody was really there, if, they broke, if someone literally broke in to that room. There's no way of you getting out. The only way that you'd know is if somebody broke in. And that's exactly what God did in the Christmas story. He broke into the darkness of my life and your life that we might have hope. So in just a moment, as we light our glow sticks, COVID-friendly, Chris Dingle this year, as we light our glow sticks, we remember that Jesus is the light of the world. We remember that no matter how dark things get, like Mary, we can worship God and be people of thanks. We remember that we're not in control, but that God is. 
And we remember that this was always his plan to send Jesus that we might have life and light and have it to the full. Amen.